going on and uh, take part. It's your land. Take it back. And there's a that's right. Take right, it back, honey. And there's a button at the bottom of this website that says help NRDC protect the environment. Use it. Use the button. Robert Perks, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having Thanks. me. You've been listening to a pre-recorded episode of Renegade Solutions. But just because it's old doesn't mean that the environment in our earth doesn't need your help. So please use the button. Use your heart. Use your mind. See you next week. Mike Perini's coming up next with Pandora's Lunchbox. Aho. Okay, another smooth intro to Pandora's Lunchbox. Total silence followed by getting hit over the head with a drum beat. Yeah, it's ro- it's romantic. It's beautiful. It's Valentine's Day, and it's time for Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture and whatever else happens to be thrown at me and whatever sticks. I'm Mike, and coming up on this show, we got some interesting stuff going on. We've got some poetry from China relating to forbidden love and food and other such things. But in the meantime, we're going to try this all over again, what I just did a moment ago clumsily it's you and me alone in pandora's lunchbox just you and me and this guy my name is cupid valentino the martin day cupid and i just want to say one thing happy valentine's day i don't think y'all heard man i just want to say happy valentine's day Can y'all dig that? Now, when arrows don't penetrate, see. Cupid grabs the pistol. Ah, yeah, now. Now look at here, he shoots straight for your heart. Now, and he won't miss you. But that's alright, y'all won't believe in me anyway, but. When Cupid knocks at your door You can't ignore me There's no need to run So happy Valentine's Day Hey Now I may have it all wrong See, if you know what love means Well, well somebody tell me Cause they just don't believe in me Cupid will not be defeated. It's Outcast and Valentine's Day, and this is the special Pandora's Lunchbox Valentine's Day show. And we're going to go right from Outcast to somebody equally as as cool as hip. Of course, Ogden Nash. Well, here's a poem from Ogden Nash, because if you want to impress the one you love or somebody you want to love, you want to read him poetry. And here's an example of poetry from Ogden Nash. This is very romantic. It's called, Will You Have Your Tedium, Rare or Medium? 
goes like this. Two things I have never understood. First, the difference between a Tsar and a Tsar. And second, why some people who should be boars aren't and others who shouldn't be are. I know a man who isn't sure whether bridge is played with a puck or a ball, and he hasn't read a book since he bogged down on a polysyllable in the second chapter of the Rover Boys at Putnam Hall. His most thrilling exploit was when he recovered a souvenir of the World's Fair that had been sent out with the trash, and the only opinion he has ever formed by himself is that he looks better without a mustache. Intellectually speaking, he has neither ears to hear with nor eyes to see with, yet he is pleasing to be with. I know another man who is an expert on everything from witchcraft and demonology to the Elizabethan drama, and he has spent a weekend with the Dalai Lama, and substituted for a mongoose and in a fight with a cobra, and performed a successful underwater appendectomy, and I cannot tell you how tediously his reminiscences affect me. I myself am fortunate in that I have many interesting thoughts which I express in terms that make them come alive, and I certainly would entertain my friends if they always didn't have to leave just when I arrive." Isn't that romantic? It's poetry. It's Ogden Nash, and will you have your tedium, rare or medium? Now, I've also got some information here to talk about. This is some beautiful, these are some beautiful thoughts of domestic bliss that two people might share, or one, in an apartment by himself, lonely guys, you know. Here are some words from the book you all spoke in here. A plunder room of words and phrases used in common and not so common speech as it is spoken in southern parts of the United States. That is, you all spoken here by Ron Roy Wilder Jr. Jr. Roy Wilder Jr. Here are some words, for instance, you might need to know. A bre- what is breakfast wood? It's a quick burning firewood such as dry pine. What is dinner wood? Long burning hardwoods such as oak and hickory. Roused up means to revive, as in getting a fire going from banked coals. To chunk the fire means to add chunks of firewood. To fix the fire means to tend the fire. And cat and clade refers to a chimney or or a frame structure with an exterior covering of mud and sticks or straw and clay worked together. Jefferson Davis built a cat and clade house in Mississippi. And there you go. These are some romantic terms you can talk about when you're together alone in a domestic place. And for that matter, here are the coasters. Just kidding, the clovers. I 
Cause it doesn't belong I don't want to bore you With my troubles But from now on I'll be thinking double I'm through with flirting And drinking with I got six extra children From a getting frisky Oh, a man and julep A man and julep a man julep, a man julep, what man julep was the cause of it all? Entirely tragic. One mint julep was the cause of it all, and that was the clovers. This is Pandora's Munch Blocks. <laughs> I'm like and a few mint juleps later he then proceeded to talk other things now I would actually like to take a moment to be a little more somber I guess you know there's a lot of different ways to look at Valentine's Day and I couldn't find a whole lot of snarky stuff and so I didn't really go heavily on that but I did find some folk tales and folklore involving forbidden love and also food and I want to thank Carol from the Center for Chinese Studies at the U of M for bringing some information my way because one of the great tales of china is the story of the cowherd and the weaving maiden and this actually involves a day that is on the seventh day of the seventh lunar month on the chinese calendar is called the night of sevens also sometimes called chinese valentine's day or the magpie festival and this year it takes place actually takes place every year in the summer and i believe it's in august but we're going to hear the story of the cowherd and the weaving maiden i'd like to read that to you now this is in a collection which was provided to me called festivals of romance and compassion survival and marriage actually this is the name of the chapter but this is the festival of the cowherd and the weaving maiden on the seventh day of the seventh month romance fills the air as the cowherd and the weaving maiden celebrate their annual tryst through the star-laden heavens according to legend the emperor of heaven had a beautiful daughter well skilled in the art of weaving one day she and her six sisters descended to earth to bathe in a stream near a green pasture a cowherd happened to see them and became entranced with the beauty of the weaving maiden he snatched away her clothes and took them home with him this prevented the weaving maiden from leaving earth to return to the sky when the celestial weaving maiden discovered who was behind this prank and met the cowherd she fell deeply in love with him and they married they lived happily for several years and were so enamored with each other that the maiden stopped spinning altogether and the cowherd forgot to tend his cows the queen mother of the west became quite upset with this state of affairs and commanded the weaving maiden to return to heaven the maiden found her original clothes and flew off to the sky the cowherd attempted to follow but before he could reach his beloved the queen mother took a golden hairpin from her hair and with it drew a great river known as the milky way between them the weaving maiden now sits on one side of the river and is identified with Vega and Lyra. The herdsman sits on the other side and is, is identified with the constellation Aquila. The two lovers are allowed to meet only once a year on the seventh night of the seventh moon, 
On the seventh night, sorry, of the seventh month, at that time flocks of magpies fly together to form a bridge so that the maiden can cross the river and be reunited with her husband. But if there's rain on this day, the river will flood and sweep away the bridge, thus preventing their long-awaited meeting. However, there is another version in which the presence of rain is taken to mean that they have actually met and that the droplets are, in fact, the tears of the separating couple, who must wait another full year before their tender rendezvous. So that is the story of the festival of the cowherd and the weaving maiden. And I've got more information on that in just a moment, but we're going to take a little bit of a U-turn here and go straight to Screamin' Jay Hawkins. This is incongruous and doesn't really fit, but we're going to do it anyway because uh, that's that's there's, there's a CD in my hand and it's going to go like this. We're going to come back to this Chinese legend in a moment, but first of all, here is Screamin' Jay Hawkins. Look out, he's got alligator wine.
uh, Tales of Seduction with Alligator Wine. Tales of Seduction are throughout the world in folklore and R&B and all of that sort of thing. So for Valentine's Day, we're looking at, I don't know if you can call Alligator Wine a romantic song, but I will anyway. Uh, we were talking a moment ago about the story of the cowherd and the weaver girl, the story in Chinese folklore. And there is a special day, which I hope is pronounced Kui Shi, spelled Q-I-X-I, the Night of Sevens, the Chinese Valentine's Day. And that is to, it, actually, oh, here we go. In 2008, this festival will fall on August 7th, but they call it, some people call it the Chinese Valentine's Day. And one of the traditions of Kui Shi is that a festoon is placed in the yard and a single or newly married woman in the household makes an offering to Niu Long and Xinu, consisting of fruit, flowers, tea, and facial makeup. After finishing the offering, half of the facial powder is thrown on the roof and the other half divided among the young women. It's believed by doing this, the women are bound in beauty with Xinu. And again, I apologize for my pronunciations. But I do want to talk about the fact that the story of the cowherd and the weaver girl was interpreted by Bright Sheng, who is at the University of Michigan as a School of Music, Theater, and Dance Composition professor. And he did a performance, a piece called The Silver River, which adapted the story of the cowherd and the weaver girl to music and a performance. He did that here in Ann Arbor. I believe that was last year. Now, he also performed on a CD on the Naxos label in which he performed music to some traditional poems. We just heard about Alligator Wine from Screamin' Jay Hawkins. And now we're going to hear another story that has a peripheral connection to wine. This is called Chai Tu Feng, and it is translated into English as the following. Pink creamy hands, yellow caned wine, full as the city of spring color with palace wall and willows. East wind is hateful and joys of love are scarce. One heart full of sorrow has brought many years of separation. Wrong, wrong, wrong. The spring is the same as before, but she thins in vain. Her mermaid silk scarf is wholly soaked in tear and red stains. Peach blossoms fall on quiet ponds and pavilions. Though our sacred mountain vows remain, the brocade letters cannot be sent. No more, no more, no more.
That was a performance, and it was music of Bright Sheng. The piece was Sheng Sheng. No, sorry. The piece was Chai Tu Feng, and that was a poem that was. The music was provided by Bright Sheng. Bright Sheng, a University of Michigan School of Music, Theater, and Dance Composition professor, who put together. The Silver River, which was a performance done last year, I believe it was, at the U of M, and that was based on the legend of the cowherd and the weaver girl. And there are so many beautiful legends around the world that I hope that I've been at least remotely coherent in in expressing this one. Now, looking for this legend, I also found a legend from the Philippines that involves forbidden love and food, so I want to share that with you. From the Philippines, Makiling is one of the most famous mountains in the Philippines, and living in the mountain is the goddess Mariang Makiling. People living in the towns under the shadow of the mountains have always described the silhouette of the mountain peak as that of Makiling lying down. One of the most famous stories is about an enchanted woman who lived in the quiet woods at the foot of Mount Makiling. The people named her Maria Makiling. She was a young and beautiful woman. The beauty, abundance, and serenity of this enchanted place complemented her rare qualities. She was kind and compassionate to the town people. She shared the full and rich abundance of her enchanted places, fishes in the lake, food and crops, fruits and trees. All were for free. People could borrow from her whatever they whatever they need, whatever they wanted. Her kindness was known far and wide. One afternoon, a hunter came by and wandered into her kingdom. When he saw her beauty, he fell in love with her, and she too felt the same way for him. They met and talked every day and promised to love each other forever. Until one day, Maria waited for him, but he did not come. Maria discovered that he had found a real woman and got married. She was very sad and frustrated. She felt deeply hurt and realized that the town people could not be trusted because she was different from them and they were just using her. Forgiving was really difficult. Her sadness and frustration turned to anger, and she refused to give fruits to the trees. Animals and birds were no more. Fish no longer abounded in the lakes. People seldom saw her. It was only during pale, moonlit nights that they sometimes see her. That's a story from the Philippines from grunk.net. I don't know what that word is. G-R-O-O-N-K, grunk.net. Going to another Valentine's Day thought... I was looking for other things not nearly as serious or profound. I found a heart-shaped potato. Somebody was selling a heart-shaped potato on eBay, which, of course, is the right thing to do. This was about three weeks ago, and there is a website called All Women's Talk. It's allwomenstalk.com, and you can... you could. I don't know if it's actually still available on eBay, but there's a nice picture of this heart-shaped potato at allwomenstalk.com. And okay, the link would be bid on this heart-shaped potato on eBay. There you go. Much to my surprise, wouldn't you know, much to my surprise, there is actually a poem dealing with Valentine's Day, dealing with a potato. In fact, Ted Kuzer was the U.S. Poet Laureate from 2004 to 2006, and he's got a new collection of Valentine's Day poems, including this one about a potato. A new potato. This is just one of the leathery eggs the scuffed-up, dirty turtle of the moon buried early in spring, her eyes like stars fixed on the future, and inside its red skin, whiteness, like all of the moons to come, and marvelous, buttered with light. The situation on the ground in Iraq is still relatively... You know, just when you're trying to read a poem, somebody comes along and tells you about the situation going on in Iraq. It's just really irritating. Well, I tell you, it's rough to be in love in a time like this. It really is. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's five minutes. That wasn't a part of the poem, by the way. The bit about 
Iraq. It's five minutes to seven. Coming up at seven, it's Face the Music with Arwolf. My name is Mike Generally. We've heard from Ogden Nash and Outcast, and we've heard from all kinds of people, but now I'm going to take just a moment to read another poem from Ogden Mash. Ogden Nash. Ogden Hash. Ground Beef Hash. This is Ogden Nash. This is a beautiful poem you might read to somebody you care about. It's called, I'm Terribly Sorry for You, But I Can't Help Laughing. Everybody has the perfect right to do what they please, but one thing that I advise everybody not to do is to contract a laughable disease. People speak of you respectfully if you catch bubonic, and if you get typhus they think you have done something positively mastodonic. One touch of leprosy makes the whole world your kin, and even a slight concussion earns you an anxious inquiry and not a leering grin. Yet, yes, as long as people are pretty sure you have something you are going to be removed by, why, they are very sympathetic, and books and flowers and visits and letters are what their sympathy is proved by. But unfortunately, there are other afflictions anatomical, and people insist on thinking that a lot of them are comical. And if you are afflicted with this kind of affection, affliction, oh, affection, it's everywhere, it's Valentine's Day, If you were afflicted with this kind of affliction, people are amused and disdainful, because they are not bright enough to realize that an affliction can be ludicrous and still be ominous and painful. Suppose, for instance, you have a dreadful attack of jaundice. What do they do? Okay, the following line might be objectionable to some. I just They come along and smile and say, Well, well, how are you today, Dr. Fu Manchu? This line reflecting American culture. The early martyrs thought they knew what it was to be taken over the jumps, but no martyr really ought to get his diploma until he has undergone his friend's witticisms during his mumps. When you have laryngitis, they rejoice, because apparently the funniest thing in the world is when you can't chide them for laughing at your lost voice because you have lost your voice. So I advise you, at the risk of being pedantic, if you must be sick, by all means choose a sickness that is preferably fatal and certainly romantic. Because it is much better to have that kind of sickness and be sick unto death or anyway half to death than to have the other kind and be laughed to death. Isn't that romantic? I definitely think so. Now, Valentine's Day is here. Coming up in a moment, we're going to have Arwolf, and he's going to help us to face the music. We've been to the Philippines. We've been to China. We've been all over. And WCBN FM Ann Arbor is the station. Keep on listening. Do not stop doing that. We're going to go right now to an excerpt from something very romantic. This is So Long, Good Luck, Goodbye, and let this be your romantic theme if you feel so inclined. If you don't, that's that's really quite fine, too. This is Weldon Rogers, and he's going to weld his way right into your heart. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. I've been Mike. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. See you next Thursday at 6.30, most likely. To some, Weldon Rogers is just an entry in the Roy Orbison uh, What's going on here? Anyway. He owned the record label More chaos. Roy okay. Orbison started, and his very first Imperial single had Orbison on the flip side by mistake. But Roy had a story, and it's on Bear Family. It includes all of Weldon's recordings from 1955 to 1960, like the version of Trying to Get to You that was meant to be on the Imperial single, and like this classic. Well, I've been traveling over mountains And even through the valleys too Well, I've been traveling night and day I read your loving letter Where you said you love me true Well, I've been traveling night and day Running all the way, baby, trying
Oh, there he goes. <laughs> he fell right off the edge of the record. It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM and Arbor Radio Free and Arbor. Student-run experimental radio from the University of Michigan with lots of community involvement. Thank you, Mike, for another outstanding Pandora's Lunchbox show. That was uh, downright quizzical in places. And I'm going to try and, and for the next 60 minutes convey something of the confusion that we're experiencing down here in the basement of the Student Activities Hotel. Um, All of the records and CDs are boxed up. We're clearing everything out so that uh, uh, technicians and working people can come in here and replace the ventilation system, something we've been praying for for many years. Uh, but it's it's incredibly chaotic. In fact, it's uh, the, everything is grungy and messed up, and I've, in a kind of a perverse way, kind of enjoy that. So I thought I'd just begin with a uh, a recording of the Alabama song, uh, a, a taproot of uh, Jim Morrison here, I guess, with Marek Weber and sign the orchestra, recorded in 1928, and then. Just follow our noses. We'll have Brigitte Bardot in here and a whole bunch of other strange people. Um, Anthony Braxton, before the hour's out. This is Face the Music on WCBN-FM, and this is your national anthem. Mm-hmm. 